We turn now to Ephesians 6, 16 to 20, which is essentially the final paragraph of the book, except for the farewells that are about to come. And I've quoted this last of the six pieces of armor here at the beginning of the text so that we can see how sword of the Spirit gives rise to praying on every occasion in the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying on every occasion in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that a message may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And if you've ever wondered why I pray at the beginning of most of these sessions, this is the answer. Take the sword of the Spirit praying. Take the sword of the Spirit praying. That's all we do in these labs, right? We take the Word of God and we try to understand it so that we can wield the sword as we ought to wield the sword for our own souls and for the good of others. And this text says, well, the way to take it is praying. So, Father, again, I ask that as we walk together through this final section, you would be the one who shows us how to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and wield it as we ought. I ask this in Jesus' name, because Paul taught me to do this. Amen. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And we saw that it was the sixth piece of armor and that that piece of armor related to all the others and therefore prayer now relates to all the others. Take the sword of the Spirit, praying. This means that simply putting the Word of God in your mouth in order to do something with it is not enough. We must have divine help. That's why we pray. And we, even in our praying, need the guidance of the Spirit. That's what this means here. Pray in or by the Spirit. And don't let there be any occasion when you try to use the Word of God or fight the fight of faith. Don't let there be any occasion when you are not relying on the Spirit through prayer. It might be helpful to just notice in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, where Paul says, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we take the Word of God on our mouth, something like, Jesus is Lord, which we learn from the Word of God. We can't do it with any power or any authenticity except in 
the Holy Spirit. You know, it might be helpful also to to just step back and watch Jesus wield the sword of the Spirit, how it relates to the Spirit and the Word. Here's Jesus fighting the devil, which is what this spiritual armor is about. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So here's Jesus as the God-man modeling for us how to do warfare with the sword of the Spirit. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written. It is written. He takes the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the devil said to him, If you then will worship me, all the kingdoms will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written. He reaches into the scabbard and pulls out the sword of the Spirit. And he took him to Jerusalem to set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. And Jesus answered him, It is said. It is written. It is written. It is said three times. He reaches and grabs the sword of the Spirit. And then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He was, he was full of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He finished in the power of the Spirit. And that's the model for us. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying, praying, praying in the Spirit that you might have the wisdom of the Spirit. Oh, how many ways there are to misuse the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit. With all prayer and supplication, he mentions supplication as the specific point because he's going to ask for them to intercede for all people, all Christians, and for himself. To that end, stay alert. In other words, we are still in the mode of spiritual warfare from the preceding section. Be on the alert. You are soldiers. You have enemies that are supernatural, and you cannot fight this battle without spiritual help from the Holy Spirit. Stay alert with all perseverance. Pray continually for the help of the Holy Spirit. And now, what does he ask them to pray for? Isn't it remarkable that he says, look, I know Piper has been treating these spiritual weapons as though they are mainly protections for yourself. Well, they do that. But look, everybody needs your prayer. All the saints need the other saints to pray for the the right use of the sword of the Spirit and the right use of truth and the right use of righteousness and the right use of of the shoes of readiness and the right use of the shield of faith and the right use of the helmet and the Spirit-led use of the Word of God. And so he's saying, pray for each other. This, This bends the whole armor outward to care for others. The camaraderie of conflict here is so crucial. Don't think that you only put these 
pieces of armor on for yourself and then pray down God's spiritual power. You help others put them on by praying for them. And then finally, Paul pleads for prayer for himself. I love this man. I'm an ambassador in chains. What a beautiful statement. Ambassador of Christ. That's about as high an honor there is in the universe for a human being, right? And he's in chains. Don't expect better. Ambassador in chains is intended to awaken in us a great affection, or awaken in the Ephesians a great affection for the Apostle Paul and anybody who is in chains in the service of the gospel. So, what is the ask for? You can see it in this, in order that, and this, in order that. And it's the same request both times, isn't it? Pray for me. Pray for me. What? What for? That a message may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, which we see back in chapter 3, verse 6. And here it is again. Pray for me that I may declare it boldly, boldly declare, boldly proclaim as I ought to speak. I think this is simply astonishing that the greatest missionary who ever was, the greatest apostle of all, the one who's telling us all about how to wield the sword of the Spirit and put on all the other pieces of armor, closes his book by expressing his need for the saints to pray for him. Because all of these Six pieces of armor can fail without the Holy Spirit. They're not automatic. Truth, righteousness, readiness of the gospel, shield of faith, helmet, sword, none of them is effective without God, without the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying, pray for me. Pray for all the saints, of course. We all need the armor and pray for me because I have it especially hard right now. I am an ambassador in chains. And if I'm an ambassador in chains, you can imagine how I will be tempted not to be bold and forthright in my proclamation, but to hedge it so that I can stay out of prison or avoid getting my head cut off. Help me, please help me by prayer to be bold. So there it is. These weapons of our warfare depend entirely upon the Holy Spirit. And so we are to pray and pray and pray in the Holy Spirit that the Spirit would come and grant to all of us such boldness, all the saints, and especially for those who are in prison. So the upshot is we need supernatural help and we need each other to pray.